Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, February 21st, 2022. Of course, I am Tim Geddes. And for the very first time on this show, which boggles my mind, I am joined by the one and only spot on me's Khalif Adams. What up? What up? What up, everybody? I am here rocking with the man, the myth, the legend, Tim Geddes. What the deal be? It is weird and wild that we have not hosted the show together after being in the industry for at least 45 years. Exactly. Exactly. Reasonable. I, I don't understand. I mean, obviously, we've done shows together here and there, like pop-ins and, and this and that. But this is the first time it's just been me and you, especially on the Games Daily. So I'm very excited about it. Of course, it's the one day that for some reason my camera just keeps dying. Like, I've never had this problem. Like, it just shuts off. And I'm like, all right, cool. Barrett, pull up a picture of me. So I'm, I'm very happy that you chose this picture because uh, I just I love I love Baby picture, Moose so yeah. much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think of it as you moving so fast that it's basically you moving in slow motion. So it's like exactly. you are moving so quickly that the eye can't capture you. That's the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I am so happy to be here with you, Ka. How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. It was a, a weekend of dogs learning how to sniff other dogs' butts. Uh, it okay. was playing other video games. Uh, that I can't talk about yet, but it Ooh. was a fantastic weekend. It was brilliant, and uh, and I'm excited for to be rocking with you as always. So I, I saw a little bit of this uh, over the weekend. You the dog situation is a little trial with the with the wife. Well, it's not a trial because she got the dog and she was like, "Yo, we're getting a dog." <laughs> so, oh, okay, okay. So you're in this shit now. <laughs> oh, 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 we deep up in this bad boy now. We got a we got a dog bed. We got harnesses and leashes and all the other stuff. Hey, y'all, get your minds out of the gutter. Anyway, it's, it's it's a whole bunch of things happening because we got a dog now. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're working our way through it. It's called relationships are, are always based on compromise. So, mm-hmm. so that's we got to figure that out. Honesty, communication and compromise. But that's not the show we're talking about today. This is kind of funny games daily. We're each and every weekday. We come at you with all of the video game news that you need to know about. You can watch it live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com or youtube.com slash kind of funny games later you can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we'll be right there for you uh you can use our epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and Fortnite to help support kind of funny and if you want to be a part of the show you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show uh some housekeeping for you i want to give a shout out to all of our patreon producers gordon mcguire james davis pranksy and manny the bagel boy sanchez as well as blackjack today we're brought to you by purple mattress and doordash but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news we have six stories today a baker's dozen this is another one of those weird days kyle where there's six stories but some of them are kind of like you could debatably say oh they're but they're all part of one story but no matter what you want to call it it's going to be a fun day with a lot of fun stuff to talk about starting with Street Fighter 6 being announced. I'm very excited to have you on the show with me today to talk about this. Uh, we'll go through all the info we have and then break it all down. Barry, yeah. if you want to bring up the, the trailer, that'd be pretty cool to look at as well. Uh, after the countdown at the end of the Capcom Pro Tour, Street Fighter 6 was announced. More news is coming this summer. Platforms have not yet been listed. Uh, the teaser is Ryu fighting Luke, who was the 45th and final DLC character for the six-year-old Street Fighter 5. Yasuke Hashimoto uh, tweeted that Street Fighter 6, the newest entry of the Street Fighter series, has finally been revealed, and I'm pleased to share that I'm working on it as one of the game's designers. Please look forward to further news. Uh, for those that don't know, he is one of Capcom's employees who later became part of Platinum Games, most notably known for working on Resident Evil God Hand. And at Platinum, he was the producer of Bayonetta 1, the director and character designer of Bayonetta 2, uh, 
the director of Star Fox Zero, and then he left Platinum in January 2019. So now he's working on Street Fighter Six, which is uh, kind of interesting, kind of exciting. But starting off, Ka, what do you think? Oh my God, I'm so excited for this. As a huge fighting game fan, I've been waiting for the new installment on the Street Fighter series and now seeing Ryu Jat as heck. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like he's been hitting the <laughs> hitting the gym. Also, has and... he ever had a beard before, Cod? That's that's what mm-hmm. I was wondering. So, so he did have a beard. They had this one moment in time, and, and the internet lost its mind because then it became sexy Ryu for at mm-hmm. least two months. Uh, and people were like, "Oh my god, Ryu is so hot because he has a beard!" And everybody was like, "Yo, he is kind of hot because he has a beard." <laughs> <laughs> they weren't wrong. They weren't wrong. Everybody now was we got like, sandals oh. though. I mean, I mean, look, it's better than he's than him rocking Crocs in the in the shot. I would have been okay with him rocking some Crocs in the shot if he was just like walking down the street. But you mm-hmm. can't fight people in Crocs unless you're gonna throw them at somebody. But you know, it was it was a really interesting uh, bounce off of a fantastic tournament. And everyone, the, this is the wildest thing about the way it got revealed was there was a fantastic set between Daigo, which is you know one of the best Street Fighter players of all time, and the, the other person whose name I forget currently. Uh, and uh, and Daigo was losing. He was losing basically like three zip in that match. He winds up running it back and almost completing the set, which prolonged them actually showing the trailer for the game. So people were like, yo, Daigo, hurry up and lose. So That's so funny. <laughs> he wound up losing at the end, but it was a funny moment when everybody was like, yo, we really want him to hurry up and lose. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. I'm hoping that they you know base you know the 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 trailer and and the game off of the kind of new art style that they have here which i think is something they've needed to do in terms of refreshing the art and refreshing the art style on this game but i'm super excited for this to to finally uh, have a date and well have a idea of where we're going to get more information about it yeah and you know it's it's interesting I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people talking about it potentially being an re engine which i don't think uh has been officially mm-hmm. confirmed yet but that is an engine that every single game i've seen in it has always blown me away uh visually and it's been uh, a visual feast as andy likes to call it um and yeah this like it does look really good i think that the art style isn't something that everybody's gonna be on board with but that's kind of complicated when it comes to to street fighter like i, I feel like you know, Street Fighter originally two was such su- such an iconic look to itself, and then three having that way more kind of last of its era, uh, pixel based, like more like hand drawn looking type mm-hmm. sprites, and then moving on to four with that ink blot design that I feel like kind of was like an industry standard back in two thousand eight or whatever the hell that first happened, and then when five <laughs> came out, it kind of in my opinion, lacks a a visual identity that really made it stand out from other fighting games. It kind of just looked like, oh yeah, these are 3D character models, but it didn't really have that kind of special it factor that I I usually would associate with Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think it's one of those things of when you're balancing out what the kind of thing you want in a street fighter game a lot of times the stages were the was were the show right it was everything you saw in the background was the things you were like oh what is that happening in the background in, in that particular stage and what's happening with that character you know connected to that stage does it really feel like those things are cohesive um i am excited to see what if this thing is going to be an re engine if it is how is that going to change the way you think about fighting games for this genre does that change the way that that moves does it change the way that it feels because again 2d sprites or at least 3d sprites on the 2d background they have a very specific feel if you're a fighting game fan if you're a fighting game aficionado you understand you know what a hitbox is supposed to feel like in that space to a certain extent and if they build this out into a more graphical intensive kind of fighter what does that mean for a lot of the stuff do they wind up going 3d they're not going to go 3d uh, in terms of like bringing back skullomania and folks like that but it feels like one of those times of like we don't know what this next game is going to be and how it's going to play based on if it's going to look very very different from from the previous games which is really exciting i'm, I'm hyped for that yeah what, what was that uh the 3d street fighter series that was that the ex, EX series? yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah sure. i remember I, I i wasn't too into those but uh, i rented a ps2 when they first came out, like you could rent the system with games, and like that was one of the the launch titles. So I remember playing yeah. that in Fantavision, yeah, <laughs> along with yeah. Smuggler's Run. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hell yeah, I love those. Those are great for sure. Uh, but so Nanobiologist writes in and says, "What's up, Tim and Cause? Street Fighter Six has officially been announced. And my big question is, what lessons do you hope the Street Fighter team have learned from Five's rocky launch? Is there anything that you hope they learn from other fighting games that have launched since February 2016?" There are two things they need to nail with this game coming out. One, they need to have rollback netcode. Rollback netcode is important uh, for you to have a successful launch for your video game fighting game. Uh, And also they have to worry about content. I think that was the thing that was really 
not great in terms of the, the initial launch on five, where you had a lot of folks playing the game early. Uh, and then you had a lot of space in between, you know, that game getting fleshed out in a more fuller way. Uh, but it didn't have a really big roster yet. I think you need to drop in the same way with a, with a shooter. You need to drop a significant amount of maps. With a fighter, you have to drop a significant amount of fighters into that initial batch of folks before you start getting into DLC and conversations there. But rollback netcode is really important. I think that's one of the things that got Ono-san <laughs> out, of, out of the actual uh, previous game and probably maybe got him you know, dropped from Capcom. But I think it's one of those conversations of you have to have the, the, the internet connectivity be strong going into that game initially. It has to be on point. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, so Street Fighter V was interesting because it had a couple things that were first for the franchise. One being exclusive to PlayStation, mm-hmm. uh, which I think exclusivity can be good for, for certain games and certain genres. But when it comes to multiplayer games, whether they're fighting or first-person shooters, it kind of is the more the merrier because you need that community, right? And then on top of that, it was the first game to kind of treat the franchise like a platform where it came mm-hmm. out with a limited amount of content and then over time was doing all of its different free upgrades. And by the end of it, here we are. They're just talking about Luke being the 45th character. Like, that is a very, very high number, right? Uh, but do you, do you think that with those two things that that – will they repeat that stuff for this one or do you think that they're going to kind of learn from those two mistakes? I mean, we really hope that they do. I mean, if they feel like they are, you know, it really depends on how they feel like they ended off with the last game, right? And I feel like if you ask most fighting players who were really into Street Fighter, they said that at the end of the cycle of that game, which was in, you know, in the loop for a really long time, like in terms of like games getting support, that game got a lot of support for a really long time. The idea of this game being cross-platform is exciting, but again, I think, We've seen in some instances, and I think, you know, uh, uh, Mortal Kombat um, 11, no, it was 11, what was the latest one? I forget, it might've been 11, um, was the best idea around how potential netcode could work between certain uh, platforms. And even within that space, it wasn't necessarily great all the time. So I think, again, the the backbone and foundation of all of these games is going to be how good is the netcode? Um, and if you can get those things together, then that will you can have a, a roster that may not necessarily be as robust going out, which they should. Uh, but if that is the thing, then you'll already have a space to be able to have competition work, not only for the players at home, but that also broadens out the conversation for competitive play, which is the thing that drives the fighting game community when there isn't a lot of stuff happening. Is the see mm-hmm. tournaments happening and seeing folks play, you know, now in an, in an offline space, offline in terms of not in real life spaces where they're fighting together. Uh, but having them play in those online tournaments like that, which we've seen be a big problem with the conversation uh, for the last game and many games in that ilk. Yeah, totally. Uh, yes. And another thing here is you mentioned uh, Yoshinori, Yoshinori Ono. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, but he, they announced that he will be partnering to work on this as well. Good. I'm happy so, about that. I love Ono-san. Ono-san is one of the dopest folks on the planet. He's such a nice man. <laughs> so it was a little bit, it was harsh to see him, you know, kind of leave the last project on not a high note. Uh, mm-hmm. So being that he'll be able to kind of like, you know, work on this one makes me really happy. He he has been the the spokesperson for the, the Street Fighter series, especially here uh, in the West for such a long time. So to not have him be a part of it would be weird. Uh, yeah. so I'm happy that he's getting the rock. That's dope. Yeah, totally. So do you think that they're going to release this on PlayStation exclusively or do you think this ends up on other consoles as well? I don't think I, ooh, I mean. The hardest part about that is if they feel like they are in a strong enough position to just drop this on PlayStation, that would, I don't think it makes sense for them. I think they're not in a position yet in the fighting game genre, which is a genre that sells, but doesn't sell amazingly well. And is still fairly niche to just drop it on a PlayStation platform. I think if they really want to have the biggest bang for their buck, this thing comes out on Game Pass. And it also comes out on PlayStation and you want to get in a switch version of it. So you get the most people kind of in the space and in the ecosystem so that they can then play around in a, in a better way. If they drop this just on the Sony platform, that's going to be bad for them. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. that's and that was the case with the, the first or not the first one, but the last one, right? With Street Fighter V. Do you think that because of Sony purchasing Evo last year, that that mm-hmm. could kind of like give a, a new life or at least kind of a new focus on the, the smaller niche community that they that they would have with a fighting game exclusive that's Street Fighter on PlayStation? Potentially. I think I think Evo going to Sony gives them a much better perspective on how to run tournaments from a platform perspective 
it does give them a leg up over Microsoft to say, we are already in bed with these folks, so we're probably going to have it. You know, the conversation is always like, where will it run better, right? I think when you see that with first-party titles, you already kind of know that a, a game will run in a specific way, probably better on that platform. Third-party games are always kind of weird because it depends on what was the, the lead skew for a lot of times, the way that works. I think for this, if they wind up making it exclusive to their platform, they're going to have to make sure that they have so many things. And we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of the, the connectivity between the PS4 and PS5 a little bit later in the show. But I think that is going to be the crux of this, right? Is like, if you're going to do this, you have to have all the other parts in line. How do you think about upgrading? Because a lot of PS5s are still hard to get. How are you going to think about, again, network code? How are you going to think about how you're going to disperse that that information in a way that feels really good and, and comprehensive? Because we've seen so many folks still get it wrong when it comes to the conversation about, like, if I buy it here, what does it mean when I buy it here? You know, and so it's like yeah. it's an interesting space of, like, how do they actually talk about the messaging around, you know, upgrades and things like that? So it, it'll be really important for them to nail that stuff. Absolutely. So Street Fighter 6 wasn't the only thing they announced, though. They also announced the Capcom Fighting Collection. Yeah. Uh, Barrett, if you could bring up this trailer, that'd be pretty cool. Ten classic games make their return, including two Darkstalkers games that have never before been released in the West. And also Red Earth, a.k.a. Warzard, was the first game to use Capcom CPS3 arcade hardware, which is the same tech famously powering Street Fighter 3 that arrived in 1996. It was never ported to any home system until now. It has only been arcade only. Uh, mm. With enhanced features, quality life improvements, and online rollback netcode. There you go, Ka. Mm -hmm. uh, for all of the titles, it is coming June 24th, 2022 to every system imaginable. Uh, the 10 games are Darkstalkers, Night Warriors, Vampire Savior, Vampire Hunter 2, Vampire Savior 2, Red Earth, Cyberbots, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Hyper Street Fighter 2, and Super Gem Fighter Mini Max. Mm, so good. So good. So many folks who are big Capcom, Capcom fans were dying to play street, uh, play Darkstalkers online with their friends. Like you, you have to do so many things to get online games like this to work if you're using an emulator or something to that effect. And to now have this just work with on, online netcode and rollback netcode. Like, that's going to be so good. It makes me really sad that we're not going to get a, a, a new Darkstalkers, which I think is what people really want. But to see that all these games are in this collection are going to be able to be played online is going to feel like the old arcades again, which is so dope. I'm really hyped for that. Are there any of these in particular that, that you're excited about? Like, have you played these before or is it going to be your first time getting into them? I played most of the the Darkstalker series, so those are, are super familiar. Uh, I've never got to play Red Earth, so I'm, I'm excited to see what that that game was like. Uh, I'm a big Gem Fighter fan, so I've always loved that game, especially when they had that on on mobile platforms and things like that. It was always a thing I used to kind of dig into. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of this. I think this is going to be really fun for for nostalgia folks and for new new folks who are getting into the the Capcom series for these older games. It's going to be real cool to see it. Yeah, it's fun because I, I actually have never played any of the Darkstalkers games. Like, I'm only really familiar with them through the the Versus series of, like, specifically Versus Capcom 2 or Marvel vs. Capcom 2 um, and, like, seeing, like, B.B. Hood or whatever. I'm like, oh, shit, I did Fel Felicia, the little, you know, kitty time, all that. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested in uh, getting my hands on this just to kind of see where it all started. And I also just love the look of these 90s Capcom games, man. Like, they they have oh. such a fun, identifiable kind of vibe. And uh, we were, I was talking to, to Tam last week about how these games have such iconic soundtracks like each one has such a different fun vibe uh and, and tone to it so I'm, I'm excited to pop into something i haven't played before to see what special sauce they had you know those osts used to bang real hard and they still you know if they if they remixed it and came back with with you know bringing them true to life uh with mm -hmm. these collections it's going to be so fun to remember so many of those things again it brings me back to my my days of the arcade of hearing all the attract sounds from the arcade machines and, and, and rolling in and being like, I'm about to get my ass beat. <laughs> but it's going to be so much fun to be able to do it. So I'm hyped for this to be able to come out. I'm psyched for it. Did you grow up like going to arcades and like kicking ass in, in fighting games? Yeah, I'm old, fam. You know, I'm old. <laughs> but that's awesome, though. I just I just love that. The fighting game stuff was always like that. That. I would enjoy them, but I was never good at it. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd go down there and end up spending like $7 and quarters just trying to beat Marvel versus Capcom, but having a blast. But the moment someone would come and actually like want to play competitively, I'm like, hey, bro, like y'all can have the machine. Like I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, the best part was seeing people fight in the arcades for real, for real, because you put your quarter up. And then somebody was like, you turn around and be like, yo, I was, yeah, it was like weird. It was like uh, scared straight, but it was in the arcade. Yeah. People like, yo, wait, wait, who put that quarter up? That was your quarter? Yo, come here. 
I'll snatch you up for that. But That's it was so funny. It was so fun though, because you didn't have it was like old I'm old enough to to have been in a space where arcades were still a thing, but also, you know, as a big MK fan, everyone knows Mortal Kombat is my favorite fighting game. There were secrets left. Like you didn't have guides yet. You didn't have, you know, all the information that you had. So all of that communal information was a thing you only had when you went to the arcade to be like, you had folks in there who were like, you know, kings of the dojo and <laughs> in there who were like, yo, let me teach you how to play this game in a really good way. Uh, so that energy is just gone now because you don't really have that that camaraderie and that that close space uh, unless you're going to a fighting game tournament. That stuff was so much fun back in the day. It was so good. I told this story recently on, on Twitter, uh, but it is undeniably the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my entire life. Oh. Um, back when I was young, going to arcades, I miss out on that era of the fighting game stuff. So I didn't understand that putting a quarter on the, the screen meant I got next, that I'm waiting mm. in line. Once you're done, I'm going to pop on the machine. Um, so I was really into DDR. Yeah. So imagine 11-year-old little Timmy down there, you know, breaking it down in Dance Dance Revolution. And someone came and put a quarter on the screen, and I thought they were tipping me. Bard <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Tim early on in his life. The, in his the, career. the most embarrassed I have ever been in my what entire life. What I just took the quarter. I took the quarter and said thank you <laughs> for my dancing skills, man. They I'm knew really what's up. I really wish that I was, oh my God, I'm just picturing this in my head. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing you like hit the button. Da, 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 da. Yep. And then the person puts a quarter up. You look at him, you give him the Tim Gettys wink and a smile. Yep. You do you do one move and then you tip out with the quarter. Swear to God, swear to God. Yeah, no, it was definitely like, and the, the guy had to, like, he was, was laughing at me. He's like, hey man, like, like, just letting you know, this is how it works. And I was like, oh man. But like, it, they're, they're unwritten rules. How was I supposed to know? They, they, but they were cool about it, right? Like they, they, oh, they were, they were, they were cool. cool. They understood. They, they, they understood. You, so there you yeah. go. I mean, I was also like, I was 11. Like, imagine yeah. like me with my bleach blonde tips at the time. Like, it was a whole disaster. In a Tracy McGrady jersey. Like, oh, come on. Come on. Anyways, moving back to the video game stuff. I love it. <laughs> so I want to I wanna, uh, bring something up that I think is really interesting in relation to the, this announcement of Street Fighter VI. So Street Fighter VI was part of the big Capcom encrypted data leak from right. November 2020. And obviously, some things are pretty obvious. We're going to get a Street Fighter VI. That's not like the biggest brain thing to, to imagine. But uh, we're starting to see a couple of these things get announced. It's like, okay, it looks like this leak is, is real. And that, that a lot of the stuff here uh, that we haven't seen yet, we probably will see at some point in the future. So just running through that, there was a game called Resident Evil Outrage, Dragon's Dogma 2, Street mm -hmm. Fighter 6, uh, a Mega Man match, Resident Evil 4 remake that we've been seeing a lot of rumors from uh, Imran Khan dropping a lot of that stuff over at Fanbyte. Mm -hmm. Monster Hunter 6, which we've been talking about potentially uh, being revealed sometime soon. So that that lines up with this. Biohazard Apocalypse, a game called SSF6, which super could street be fighter super six. street fighter six yeah which is in addition to street fighter six being on this list and there's a lot of um fiscal year quarters that they're dropping associated with these and that always gets complicated because like q4 fiscal year 21 isn't actually q4 of the year 21 so right. depending on where capcom's uh quarters are that, that can get all messed up but it looks like ssf6 is q4 fiscal year 23 and sf6 is q3 22 so we're looking at like a, a year and a quarter after that kind of does make sense it would add up with uh how street fighter could potentially release a new version of itself right yeah uh, well i'm thinking sf ssf6 is super sweet feet six so i'm okay with that uh that'll be a good game for people who like feet no, uh, there we go. I mean, with the sandals, right? Yeah, with the sandals, because they already did it. So it's all, it. everybody for the Foot Fetish crew. Uh, mm -hmm. Power Stone Remake, actually, if that was a thing, I would be really excited for that, because I really do want a new Power Stone game. I've been dying for that. Uh, and everybody's been hyped for Dragon Dogma, Dragon Dogma 2, so I think that would also be a thing that if they were to have that in the mix, people would not be mad at that at all. Uh, yeah. I, was, I was talking about it the other day. I was like, I really just want a new Lost Planet game. Yeah, I'm never gonna get that game. So you know, I will cry in my own note for that. <laughs> Lost Planet, man, what a time! Tim, uh, I, so yeah. I, I, I want to ask about like, what do you think? 
this last one that's on this list that you didn't bring up is Resident Evil <laughs> Hank. Well, likely Hulk. Yeah. Like, so, what is so, that? Is it, <laughs> is it Hank Hill? Exactly, exactly. Hank Hill? No, so, oh, I already know what it is. I already know what that game is. Yeah. Bobby, we gotta trailer? get out of this village. <laughs> Why is it that every time I go, there's another zombie? Well, I'll go get the propane. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't been watching the videos and all the pictures of everybody circling a picture of Ryu's junk, I mean, maybe that's what it is on Twitter that we've been seeing this morning. <laughs> maybe yeah. that's the thing that we've all been, <laughs> been waiting. There's that hunk. Now, so uh, to finish out the list here, we the Final Fight remake, Power Stone remake that I'm right there with you, Kyle. That yeah. would be extremely exciting. I hope we see that. Um, Resident Evil, Hank, likely Hunk. Hunk is a character from Street Fighter 3. Right, yeah, I believe so. Wait, yeah. wait, is it? Wait, no. What was the big tofu block? That's, that, that's Hunk, right? That's Hunk. I thought that was Hunk, right? If I'm not mistaken, I'm a big Resident Evil. I, I can't remember. Yeah, anyway. I, I'm fucking this shit up. I don't, I don't even know. But um, or, or wasn't it Hunk the member of the squad? And then you go. That's who you play as in yeah, the tofu mode. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing like this dude, uh, like all like dressed up. Hold on, let me get a picture of it. I, I forget. You. Yeah, I forget. Um, but. I mean, I mean, if if they were to, yeah. Gotcha. That, oh, right. Okay. So we'll see what that is. But it's interesting here to note the last thing is Ultra Street Fighter Six or Ultra SF Six Q4 fiscal year 24. So one year after that. So they're planning on busting these Street Fighters out in classic Street Fighter fashion. That's bad though. They need to not do that. I think that's a really bad mistake for them because again, the one thing that has been the 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 like craw in everyone's hat for the Street Fighter series has been they have these multiple versions of the game and that just causes market confusion for folks where they're like, is this the one that I need to purchase? Is that the one I need to buy? Which one has the right DLC that I want? Which one has the characters that I want? And then you go into the conversation about like costumes and all the other stuff, which has always been a big, not problem, but it's been a, a big level of confusion of like, where do I go to get stuff? So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that they don't, they, I hope they don't do that actually. I just want it to be the base game add all the stuff to that and then that is the product that you put out into the world yeah i mean that's it's interesting though because that's what they did with five right like they yeah. they they tried doing that and then that didn't work so then they had to go back to having the the kind of multiple iterations right yep 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 i, I i'm curious to know what their their thought process on that because that would be really interesting from just a market perspective and again i think if, if again if you're going to do that and it's going to be exclusive to the sony platform people are going to be real confused yeah. <laughs> in lots of different ways. And I hope they don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on to the next story. Where Bear, did you just say something? No. No. Okay, sorry. I thought I, I, thought I heard you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, story number three, 68% of Horizon Forbidden West UK physical buyers paid 70 instead of the cheaper upgrade. This comes from Chris Scullion at Video Games Chronicle. According to GFK sales data first published by GamesIndustry.biz, 68% of box sales during Forbidden West launch weekend were for the PlayStation 5 version, whereas the remaining 32% were on PlayStation 4. However, players who purchased the PS4 version, which is priced at 60 in the UK compared to 70 for the PS5, version get a free ps5 upgrade this essentially means that 68 percent of players who bought physical versions of the game in the uk spent 10 more than they needed to the game is the uk's second biggest ps5 launch so far behind launch game spider-man miles morales which was also released on both ps4 and ps5 so i'm going to get into a lot more details about this and how we actually got here so mm -hmm. The pricing anomaly is due to a U-turn made by Sony following backlash to its statement that dual entitlement did not imply to the standard and special editions of Horizon Forbidden West. This news meant that players would only get a free upgrade if they purchased the more expensive versions, a move that appeared to contradict the SIE CEO Jim Ryan's comments in the past about cross-gen launch window titles getting free upgrades. It appeared that because Horizon Forbidden West had been delayed to after the launch window, Sony wasn't going to include it in the offer. However, following widespread negativity by the game's fan base sony changed its mind and said players who bought the ps4 version would get a free upgrade to the ps5 version however as vgc reported earlier this month players buying the game through the ps5 console are only given the option to buy the playstation 5 version which costs which costs more even though the playstation 4 version contained exactly the same content only players who access the store via a web browser or the PS4 console are given the option to purchase the PS4 version for 60, which includes a PS5 upgrade for free. Woo! That's a whole lot of confusion. Smart delivery, Damn. where are you at? Yeah, why, Tim? Why <sighs> is it 
Tim. All you have to do is make a free upgrade to the new platform. It's like you said that whole section of words. Mm-hmm. And, and halfway through, you started to turn into Pootie Tang for me. It was like mm-hmm. shooting like you were scatting while you were talking about that for me. Because I was like, I don't understand what you're trying to say because it's so confusing and unnecessary. Just make the upgrades free or mm-hmm. figure out a version of smart delivery that you can get on, on, the, on the Xbox uh, uh, console. It doesn't make sense that they are still. Here's the thing that bugs me out. It's not even the fact that this is confusing for the consumer. You can tell that even within the Sony brands and within the Sony <laughs> ecosystem, people are confused about what the process looks like from an internal perspective. That's bad. That just doesn't do anything for anyone who's involved in saying, I want to give you money for this cool thing that you made, but I have to perform a seance and I have to walk around the block three times and I got to go kiss. I got to go kiss a frog just to make sure I get everything in the one game that I want to go from my old system to my new system. That's dumb. <sighs> yeah, man. It, it's very, very, very convoluted. Uh, D-Block writes in and says, happy Elden Re- Week. Uh, help. Wow. What did he say here? Happy Elden <laughs> Week is what he said. There's no ring. That confused me. Cool. Happy Elden Ring Week, everyone. I've got two questions. First, with reports that almost 70% of people chose to buy the full price PS5 version of Horizon Forbidden West, do you think that we will see less companies offering free upgrades for split-gen releases? As a follow-up, how much longer do you think we'll see split-gen releases moving forward? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, and thank you, D-Block, for, put, for sending that in. Um, I think we'll see... Le- well... This is all really on Sony's end, right? If you really think about it, because they are the only ones still adding this level of confusion between most products you can buy on a PS4 and moving up to PS5. Most stuff on the Xbox system, you can already just do it. It'll 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 upgrade to the next version of what you want, and you'll get it whenever you wind up getting that new one, getting that new system. I think you know, people buying that thing is because of some of the conversations that we just talked about. But also, I just don't think it's going to be necessary at some point once we move past a certain threshold in terms of PS5s being in the channel where that conversation is going to happen as often. I think you're always going to have split uh, for at least the next couple of years. And, and, and then once that starts to move forward where the older systems are, stop, are going to stop being made uh, is when we'll see less of that happen. Yeah, I, I do think we're going to start to see less of it sooner than later at this point because i do think that we are are hitting that that kind of crossover point where a lot of the games that were announced that would traditionally have been next-gen exclusive like if you think back to previous generations of ps3 ps4 whatever like we wouldn't be this far into it getting the new horizon the new spider-man whatever on the last gen as well that is a newer kind of thing going on with uh both the pandemic situation but also just where hardware developers and software developers currently stand and just what video game consoles mean uh in 2022 with the the kind of emergence of platforms and cloud and all this stuff so um i just think that inherently it's going to get less and less over time i don't know when we'll start seeing ps5 only playstation Mm. studios titles i I, I feel like we're still like we need to get out of the pandemic, out of the chip shortage, all of that before we really see something like that. Because they've even, like, didn't they, like, stop producing PS4s or something and then, like, started ramping that up uh, recently because they couldn't get, PS like, enough PS5s out there for um, market, like, want? So, yeah, I do remember that story being be a while. And and to be to be clear, like the chip shortage is not going away anytime soon. Like I want people to understand yeah. that we have the chip shortage. You have delivery issues with with uh you know the the shipping uh problems that are happening in terms of the world. So you have a lot of those things that are causing a lot of this uh, this congestion within the the pipeline. So it winds up being one where you have to worry about you know how many folks are being able to kind of move to next gen. Two, you still have a significant player base on on, on both old systems, uh, and and you wind up kind of losing some of that on the Microsoft side because you can play a certain amount of stuff on cloud and PC. So it winds up kind of putting this weird stranglehold on Sony and, and its platforms because you have to then make more stuff to be able to feed that beast. And if you're Gorilla or if you're making a big big budget game, you're like, we got to recoup this money back. So putting it on both systems makes more sense. So... It, it winds up causing just a lot of issues for, for everybody involved in that respect. It's it's a hard move for, for a lot of folks on the platform and hardware side. Yeah, totally. It's interesting to think about where we're at with announced titles, where we're still in the thick of titles that have, from the get-go, been announced to be 
PS4 and PS5. And I think that we're, we're starting to see them get released, like with Horizon coming out now. And then we have God of War, Ragnarok, and Gran Turismo 7 even next week, right? That is also on PlayStation 4. But when does that stop? And we're looking at things like Spider-Man 2, right? Like, I think that might be the furthest out announced PlayStation Studios title. And I can see that equally being cross-gen or just ps5 exclusive but i think time will have to tell uh where we fall on that but going back to the question of the the pricing and all this stuff i think that sony just backed themselves into such a, a weird corner where they were just trying to like figure this out and every statement they made people were able to pick apart well hey well what about the, that's stupid because of this and they're like oh fuck you're right and like because they just from the get-go didn't design this program correctly uh i think that it just put puts them in this weird situation but if i'm being completely honest i don't think that this is that big of a deal like i think that it's a inconvenience for people but if you don't want to uh spend the money there are some like obstacles you can jump over that aren't the end of the world to save yourself the ten dollars i just think it is a, a weird thing of happenstance of the game getting delayed and the way that they're releasing the game and the fact that they just don't have a smart delivery system and like that's not excusing them but it is explaining why this is happening and why it's so fucking goofy that this mega company could be having these weird ass situations where you could not buy the same thing for cheaper even though you can somewhere else it's like a, what a mess <laughs> it's such a mess and so silly <sighs> i want to move on to the next story but before we do that let's hear a word from our sponsors I don't care how soft or firm your mattress topper is. I don't even care how heavy your blanket is. There's only one thing you need to get a good night's sleep, and that's a good mattress. Get the only thing you truly need for a great night's sleep, a purple mattress. Only purple mattresses have the gel flex grid. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points and doesn't retain heat. It's amazingly supportive and cushioning in all the right places, no matter how you sleep. How do I know so much about it? Well, of course, you've known for years Joey's used a purple mattress mattress you know tim uses the purple pillow and now the future class of video games blessing eddie oye jr is sleeping on a purple mattress and he tells me all the time it keeps him cool comfortable and gives him a great night's sleep getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress get a purple mattress go to purple.com slash kind of funny and use the code kind of funny for a limited time you can get 10 percent off any order of 200 dollars or more that's purple.com slash kind of funny code kind of funny for 10 percent off your order of 200 dollars or more that's purple.com slash Kinda funny, promo code kinda funny, terms apply. Your to-do list is absolutely bonkers between those meetings, errands, chores, and making sure you get some you time too. So make sure you get a little time to yourself with some help from DoorDash. DoorDash brings you what you want to eat right now, right to your door. Desperately craving late night snacks? Or have you forgot one key ingredient for dinner? Or maybe you just wanna stock up for the week? Well, DoorDash has it all in one app. How do I know so much about DoorDash? Well, I'm Greg Miller, and I use DoorDash way too much. Uh, if you were watching the Kind of Funny podcast, when we were talking about a whole bunch of different stuff, Nick mentioned the ice cream place he really liked, and I said, where is there one around me? And I said, yes, there is, and I ordered from it, and I had it on the post show. I was eating ice cream on the post show, giving you a review of the ice cream, all because of DoorDash. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Kind of Funny. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees in your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter the code kind of funny. Don't forget that's code kind of funny for 25% off your first order with DoorDash subject to change terms apply. And we're back story yep. number four Supermassive is working on a game outside of its dark pictures anthology this comes from jordan midler from video games chronicle i want everyone to know i'm still like performing and moving my hands around and looking right into the camera lens just because i'm so used to it and i just looked out at the screen and it's just my bitch ass face looking at me and it's uh it's a whole thing uh new supermassive games trademark has been discovered which indicates that the studio isn't exclusively working on its dark pictures anthology named the quarry the trademark covers Supermassive to use the title across game software, entertainment services, and computer programming services, all but confirming that Supermassive intends to use it for a new game. VGC's own sources have been able to corroborate the listing and suggested that the quarry will be released or will be published by 2K. A release is planned for later this year, they said. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I'm a huge Supermassive fan love their stuff i think the last game that they'd made that wasn't in that anthology was little nightmares 2 
which was also a banger. If you have not played little uh, the little nightmare series, like you need to go play that. It is actually Wait, a bit scary. Is that super massive? I don't. Yeah, super massive game. Yeah, they made that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't In- think your uh, little nightmares is. Uh... He's right. Wait, yeah. what? I'm on the site right now. What? I'm on their website. Yeah. Little wow. Your massive made that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The developer so, is Tarsier Studios, though. Yeah, but they produced it. I mean, they 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 produced it. it. Came out of their camp, I believe. Wow. What? Or that can be a thing that's in what you call it, right? You can tell me you're wrong in in that. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm interested because on Google it does say developers Tarsier Studios and Supermassive Games. Yeah. What? Yeah. Interesting. Because Supermassive. Yeah. I think of Until Dawn and House of Ashes and and that mm-hmm. stuff. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's. I mean. It's it's a great game. It's it's a super super good game. I'm I'm excited for anything that Supermassive does. Uh, I've been a huge fan of all of their work. So hearing that they're working on a new project is is super super cool. Yeah, I'm I'm interested that it is a new title outside of the Dark Pictures anthology because I feel like that even had a a little bit of a stressful startup with the the episodic kind of release schedule that it was having. But then I feel like they've caught up and are now releasing games at a, a pretty solid clip, and we have we know that there's more to come. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand how they have this much manpower to be developing this many projects at once, right? Like that's it's pretty impressive. But yeah, it being published by 2K, this does seem like it's going to be a a, a different type of thing I'm, I'm interested in what this could okay. end up turning into i, I found it super massive is uh helping for the port of little nightmares 2 to current gen consoles. ah okay okay yeah. okay so they're on the port side of it okay they had it on this side as one of their games so i figured it was in in line with some of their stuff good catch good catch good catch good catch yeah interesting i mean uh, they're being in line with all the horror stuff i feel like i haven't truly loved anything that i've experienced from supermassive i feel like until dawn was the closest thing for me where i loved the concept of it but i think that it fell short in certain ways um and then the little bit of bits i've played of the dark pictures one which i, I haven't played the most recent one that greg really liked so i should probably oh, jump good. on that uh but i tried man of medan i was like eh. it's fun to say man of medan but man of medan I mean, it's one of those things, though, right, where I don't think anybody else is really digging into this genre like they are. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to be able to have that variety in the game space and be able to like have a game like the the anthology be in that in that kind of circle. Uh, and also like horror games like that don't come along that often anymore. Uh, so it is also really cool to see them kind of play in that space. So, again, anything that Supermassive does at this point, I am, I am hyped for. Uh, they're really fun sit on the couch with people who are coming over to your crib yep. and, hang out and playing games uh, to kind of like play around and have other people, especially if they aren't gamers, uh, play those kinds of games. It's super, super fun for them to dig into. So more absolutely. So it's cool. Uh, moving on. Story number five, the Halo TV show will reveal Master Chief's face. This comes from Matt Perslow at IGN. The upcoming <laughs> Halo TV show will reveal Master Chief's face for the first time in the history of the franchise. Talking to Ryan McCaffrey as part of IGN Fan Fest, Halo's executive producer and 343 Industries studio head Kiki Wolfkill said that showing the Chief's face was important for the story the show will tell. Quote, I think we set out to tell a character story and a personal story. And once we really got into what that story was it became clear that you really needed to see the person in the armor and under the helmet you will see his face for some people it's been a moment 20 years in the making and for other people it's something that feels very hard to imagine we absolutely respect both sides of that fence those who really want to see chief's face and those who really don't but for the nature of this story it felt really important to connect with the master chief in a different way and that meant showing the face (laughs) halo will premiere march 24th on paramount plus and features pablo schreiber as master chief is this pablo barrett so, yeah this is uh him as porn stash and orange is the new black uh someone oh. just put in the chat uh comparing him to they they named him dr unrespect which just <laughs> fucking killed me oh my god <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah shout out to shout out to porn stash he's like a a, a very douchey dude in uh in that show and he, he he did a great job i'm interested to see him play uh play master chief it's definitely I, a different vibe but yeah yeah i've de- this doesn't this doesn't like he has to put on so much more weight for for that to feel right no i and, want him to be this thin i hope he's this thin skinny chief like mini chief up in the suit like it's, it's more suit than it is person like that'll be also it could just be tom holland like that's what it really needs to be just like, <laughs> at this point like make, make him the person who's going to be chief i'm down with that that'd be okay 
Yeah, this, this is one of those kind of caught between media types of things where I think for the show to work, it it is probably better for them to show the face so so people can connect with this character that haven't been playing the game for 20 years um, and wondering what it could be like. I do think that a face reveal, if it ever were to happen, kind of would be a little bit more earned in the video games at this point. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. This is going to be its own thing. During the IGN Fan Fest, they were also talking about how the 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 show's going to be like inspired by the canon and like kind of take part and like he'll be the, the events of the games do have happened in the tv show world but it might be a different perspective a different way of them looking at it and also we'll kind of see where we're heading with this um i will say that so far the video game movie and tv shows of this year have been not that bad to pretty good yeah. i watched a couple episodes of the cuphead show this weekend what a joy yeah Harif. what a joy that show well, is that was a, that was a fun couple that. hours playing that in the background did you watch go- it all barrett yeah, I, I watched it all. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was it's very much a SpongeBobified version of Cuphead, I would say. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. which isn't bad. Yeah, fun stuff. Are you excited about Halo at all, Ka? Um, not after seeing that dude's face. No, <laughs> <laughs> that just ruined it for me. Like I'm like not because my thing is like the thing about Chief is that he has always been this stoic character who kind of doesn't have emotions, but when he does show emotion you you feel like he's kind of like that emotionally constipated human being who's like i don't know how to feel but i'm gonna try to say a thing uh that humans would say because they have emotions and i don't it's that and that's exactly like who wants to see this dude be chief (laughs) him be chief that just ruined it for me i at first i was like oh it'll be fine because i thought they were gonna cast somebody else for it but now seeing that guy i'm sorry guy uh i don't i don't think i don't think you're cut out for the, the, to be in the suit i don't know i don't know if he, he should be in the suit i don't think it's worth it it's gonna be bad yeah we'll see i'm i'm a little a little more hopeful but <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see how this goes uh and then the last story of the day uncharted the movie is crushing it in theaters this comes from rebecca rubin at variety sony's long in the works video game adaptation uncharted collected 44.1 million dollars between friday and sunday enough to lead the domestic box office charts and solidify tom holland's star power Mm -hmm. uh because keep in mind spider-man away home is still on the list as well uh so there's a lot of money being brought into sony from that man uncharted is expected to earn 52 million from over 4,000 North American theaters through President's Day holiday on Monday. To that end, Uncharted crucially landed a release date in China, the world's biggest theatrical market. Visual effects heavy action adventures like Uncharted tend to play well in China, but recently the country's censors have been ultra-selective about letting Hollywood movies screen in their theaters. And when the Chinese government has approved outside product, it's been a real mixed bag at the box office. So while it's a win to be able to screen in China, the film's success in the country isn't guaranteed, especially since it's not opening until march 14th which will allow for a couple weeks of piracy which is rampant over there Uh, uncharted has already been a favorite among overseas audiences over the weekend the movie has earned 55.4 million from 62 territories in the international box office which means that it has crossed 139 million worldwide to date and that's off a budget of 120 million damn during a pandemic, that is extremely impressive for an opening weekend for a movie that most people didn't have any hopes for. And wasn't streaming. Like, that's the wild thing, right? It's like, that is box office money. That's not, that's people putting butts in seats to go see that uh, see that movie. And it's not streaming and making that kind of money. That, again, shout out to the folks for Sony for, for betting big on, on the Uncharted series. And also, you know, kind of proving people wrong with that, with that team up of, uh mark Wahlberg and tom holland which i think a lot of people going into that movie were like this doesn't feel right uh but it feels like you know tom holland again is showing that he's the the star to beat uh for the next year and a half or at least two years with all the spider-man work he's doing and now this being a thing so again put him in the master chief suit uh because it'll just all right speaking of master omglx uh sent me (laughs) sent me this and i I feel like this is a better picture this is a more recent picture of him okay Okay. 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 That picture okay. of him as porn stash was from like I will say like seven <laughs> years ago. Like that's just all I know him from. So that was the only image I could really. I think okay, but... they're they're weight dudes. Like they're 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 people who are like getting them ripped like this. Just just hook me up for like a year. <laughs> I mean, give them. I want to give this man the mustache though. Like I feel like there's a best of both worlds situation. You know. 
Someone, not quite someone, hit. someone who is smarter than us, go go into Photoshop, put like stash him up. Yeah, like put this stash on this man. <laughs> oh, here. here's the thing, though. We never we since we've never seen Chief before, we don't know he already might have a stash. Yeah, we've only ever seen him kind of from the back, like the back right? of his head. So I don't know. I don't know. Right? He can already. I, I believe in the stash. Word. Uh, back to the Uncharted thing, though. I'm excited about this. I'm excited the movie's doing well. We watched it last week. We put out a review, and overall, we thought it was okay. Gave it a three out of five. And uh, my biggest takeaways from it is it doesn't do anything egregiously horrible, and uh, which isn't the biggest compliment, but I think is a lot going into a Uncharted movie directed by the guy that did Venom One, uh, starring Mark Wahlberg. But hey, it was pretty okay. But we all left the theater being like, I'm kind of excited to see a sequel, and I think that's kind of the biggest thing for me is this these type of numbers essentially guarantee a sequel and i think that that has similar to the uncharted game series the potential to be a lot better than the first iteration so uh hopeful about that and also excited about this for tom holland because this probably means that he's about to sign a mega deal for his future with marvel studios probably going to outpace rdj with all of his stuff so good for you tom holland He's going to bank super hard he's already Mm -hmm. winning because he's dating zendaya but he's already he's gonna bank so much stuff so what a world what a world well finding out if tom holland's gonna sign on for more spider-man movies is so far away cop i want to know what's coming to mom and grop shops today where would i look you got to go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday that's where you go love it barrett i love it Tim <laughs> refuses to do it and i refuse to play the pre-recorded jingle because it's a and i and i just want to come in on the yeah part because that's the way it works i love it's it so, i love it so i good. love it uh out today nothing this is the first time in my kind of funny games daily history that there is nothing out today. I looked at multiple sites and there's just nothing on Monday. So that's pretty crazy. I can't believe it. Right. Um, but anyways, new dates for you. Battle Brothers will receive a new DLC of Flesh and Faith on March 10th, a DLC that will be released for free. Uh, then we got Drill Deal, Oil Tycoon, a fun oil business simulator, will be released on Stephen Keymailer on March 9th. First off, what the was fuck is so Keymailer? I really wish your key- oh you oh keymail keymail is actually pretty dope. What is it? It's basically like if you are on the press side of things, you can go get keys from from keymailer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I love drill deal oil tattoo, a fun oil business simulator. Like they they needed to put fun in there, or else everyone would be like, uh, yeah, nah. I don't want a boring uh, business simulator. All right, really? I want a fun business simulator. Laugh while you drill into the earth exactly uh let's get into some reader mail you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games we can get your questions read on the show just like borzin zero zero did good morning tim and ka horizon 2 is out now and everyone's playing it and seems to be enjoying it but one thing that caught the attention of my friend circle is some of the visual jank the game seems to be dealing with between distracting levels of popping i also once had a pop out performance mode running like a powerpoint and quest breaking bugs my friends are asking should we be concerned now all above is not something that has happened at a rate to avoid the game until patches but from a triple a game from a studio that while isn't known for its technical prowess does strive for perfection i should also clarify that while i know making a game is hard especially during the great panorama it is still shocking to see these things on a ps5 as i have almost never seen issues this bad on a ps5 ever should we as gamers be concerned that there are these various issues or is this a case of making a mountain out of a molehill i get to put on my monocle and and, and top hat and, and put on my, my my terrible british accent and said boys and i have some issues with what you've just shared with us today <laughs> i have umbrage with what you've said about a triple a studio that is not known for its technical prowess that is poppycock and doo-doo and, and i don't appreciate your tone uh, I would think Gorilla is actually one of the dopest <laughs> studios in terms of technical prowess. We've seen that with not only uh, you know Killzone being the game that set the the high mark for visuals some years ago on the PS3, but Horizon being you know both the, yeah, the first Zero Dawn when that launch was like like beautiful for the time, wild stuff. I'm like, where do you get that part of the conversation? But I will say, uh, in my time for uh, playing that game, I got none of those particular issues in the time that I was playing it on a PS5. Like, I didn't have any pop in, any pop out stuff. Uh, I didn't have any actual like issues with some of the stuff. I did have a couple of things where I was like, I had a moment where I fell through the map 
once. Oh yeah, I've had that um, several times too. I had that, and and I sent them over, you know, sent over the folks on the dev side, like a, a, a you know video of that thing, so they can kind of work on it. But besides that, like I had a fantastic time playing through that game and, and didn't really see anything happen. The biggest thing that was in that game for me that was potentially a pain in the butt was just switching back from quality to, to performance mode. And it wasn't because anything was broken or janky. It was because performance mode was the mode that I should have been playing in when I started that game as opposed to quality mode because it just looked so good. Um, so I would say, you know, I'm sorry that you're having those issues with it. So again, send those bug reports over to uh, the folks over at Gorilla, they, they have ways to kind of send bug reports through game uh, or tweet at them and sell them stuff that's happening. And maybe maybe it's just something that's wrong with your copy of it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It, it seems like bugs are really inconsistent. Like, I, I feel like I've been getting I'm on the side of uh, definitely getting more bugs throughout uh, my playthrough than I I know others like Yuka and uh, yeah. uh, I was talking to like Jonathan Dornbush over the weekend. He hasn't gotten nearly as many as I have. Um, I also wonder if it's something of like, because, you know, not only did they have to do, you know, a quality mode and a performance mode, they also had to make a, you know, a version of this game that worked on uh, previous gen consoles. Right. Uh, whereas like the original one launched and it was only PS4, right? They weren't making that for PS4 and PS3 or something like, yeah, they had PS4 and I think the pro might've been out at the, at the, uh, at that time as well. Um, but that's still pretty much the same family of, of console, right? Um, yep. So I, I wonder if that has a, a, a lot to do with it, just because there's, you know, a, two very different versions of that game that they have to kind of manage and handle, and it might just be a, a lot for you know QA to kind of tackle and stuff like that during the development. And also big, and also big games like this, games this big, are always going to have bugs in them. Like that's a thing that you're just going to this have big to and this pretty uh, yeah, being this yeah. big as well. Yeah, like I, I just don't I don't have an expectation for games that are of this size to not have bugs in them. It, it's a thing that I would hope that they wouldn't, but, but no game is going to be perfect and it's not going to be, you know, a, a across the board kind of uh, experience for most people. So uh, it, it is it is interesting to see that you're having those things. But again, like definitely share those up to the team and, and they'll definitely hopefully get those things fixed in, a, in an upcoming patch for sure. Yeah, I saw a lot of people were talking about the performance mode being shiny and having a lot of uh, issues just graphically, and they put out that patch, and they were talking about fixing all that stuff. So, yeah, I think that, unfortunately, this is just the realities. We're going to have to kind of expect when these giant games launch, there's going to be some of these issues, and I think that it's just always good to see that they're jumping on them and actually trying to fix it and like it just sucks that there's not really a, a way to solve the problem because until it's out there in millions of people's hands like you don't really know some of the issues they're going to be there obviously if they were aware of that stuff going out to launch they probably would not have wanted to do it that way especially in a world where day one patches are the standard at this point so um they overall killed it but yeah it, it is still sad to see that even the biggest games can launch with some pretty big issues in terms of the way they're being presented but it's good that in this world it's the double-edged sword in a good way of they're able to just put out a patch and solve the problems and then we don't need to worry about it. So enjoy your time with Horizon. Um, let's do a little bit of your wrong. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash your wrong to correct us as we get things wrong. Um, we got nanobiologist writing in saying Daigo fought Kawano in Thanks. the Street Fighter finals. Uh, he also says Street Fighter 6 is confirmed to be on the RE engine. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, Z of VGM says Street Fighter 6 is being developed without Ono. The original IGN article had a typo that they sense corrected to say without. So, okay, cool. Okay. Good. That's a perfect you're wrong. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, that's really good you're wrong. Really mm -hmm. good you're wrong. Um, but, yeah. That's that's it, Ka. How do you feel about your first show with a picture of me? I mean, look. It <laughs> and even better, better picture of you right here. Yeah, oh, exactly. Wizard's jersey. Yeah, of course. Yes. Of course. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, uh, look at me. Crushing DDR. Four. In my jorts. Yes, look at that. Look mm -hmm. at that. Oh, I'm so proud of you, too. God, I miss those white dunks so much, man. Uh, I also <laughs> miss just wearing NBA jerseys. Like... You can still rock an NBA jersey, yeah, baby. You can do it too. I believe. Come back in style. It's been a thing. It's been a thing. <laughs> uh, I, but I'm, again, uh, getting a chance to rock with with you in both picture and any form uh, is is always fantastic. I, I love getting to rock with y'all on the show and hanging out. And the chat was on fire today, so it was super good to be able to hang out with them too. So thank you so much for having me. And I'd love to do it again when we get your camera up and working. Exactly. And exactly. Those beautiful faces up in here. We'll have to do that. It's been an absolutely great show, and it's not over yet. You can go to yeah. patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to get the exclusive post show. 
that we're about to do. But running through this week's host, we got a whole bunch of fun tomorrow. We got Snowbike Mike and Gary Witta. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think this might be Mike's first time ever hosting the show where he's going to prep the yeah, show. And he, do it. So yeah, that's he's been on it, but yeah, I don't think he's ever like ran it before. Yeah, so that'll be cool. Then Wednesday, we have Blessing and Andy. And then Thursday, me and Lucy James, another first for me. So it's a big week of firsts of people that I'm shocked I've never done the show with before. So <laughs> that's great. And then we're closing out the sh- the week with Blessing and Paris on Friday. What Ooh. shit do you have to talk about that, Ka? I mean, look, I mean, at least Blessing is good. <laughs> at least, oh, at least man. Get one competent person on the show. That's good. Gotta love the rivalry. Uh, Kyle, where can people find you? Uh, you can hit me at Kylie Fadams at Spawn on Me on Twitter. Uh, our live broadcast of Spawn on Me, the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the video game industry, goes up every Wednesday evening at six PM PST. You can check out the live. Uh, you can check out the uh, the show after that on Fridays. They go up on all podcast platforms. We just debuted our first episode of Something Epic, uh, which is our twelve uh, uh, episode series focusing on games and stories from the Epic Game Store. Uh, we just did our uh, Matrix Unreal Engine 5 demo uh, conversation with Jeff Farris, who's the technical director there. Uh, and yeah, you can come check me out on a whole bunch of things that are coming up very, very soon as well. So next week, I'm not next week, next month, be sure to check out more stuff that I'm doing. Lots of good things coming. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, until then, I love you all. Goodbye. You're going to have to trust that I'm doing the sign-off thing with my hands. <laughs>